0: Hi, and welcome to Louisiana Sister Squad podcast. I'm your host, Katie Truther, and today we'll be speaking with Casey. Welcome to the show, Casey.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And just a little bit about me I'm Casey Miller, born and raised in the Midwest. I'm the CEO and founder of Thriving On. So it's an online functional nutrition fitness coaching company. And basically, what we do is help people go from surviving to thriving to help them live their best life, whether it is a mom trying to be a better parent to their kids or an entrepreneur trying to chase after their dreams or athletes trying to go after their dreams as well. We're just here to help anybody go again from surviving to thriving. And I really, truly believe that how you treat your body and mind has a huge part in that. So we help any way that we can.
0: That's awesome. And, you know, I know the health and fitness industry is huge. And it seems like every day I like the, I'm going to be honest, I like the joking reels where it's like, going to get something to eat. And they're like, don't eat this. And so you get something else, don't eat that. (laughs) And so it it really feels like that if you're not being guided by uh, someone who has a plan that's specifically tailored for you. So I wanna touch on that first is like the importance of having individual, um, I guess care really, when it comes Mm -hmm. to your health and fitness, and then what separates Thrive On from other online coaching industries
1: yeah definitely uh you're 100 right it is absolutely confusing on what we should be listening to out there in the nutrition fitness industry um there's uh, people coming out saying that oatmeal is bad and then while other people are like that's absolutely ridiculous and so so many people are like oh my gosh i don't know what to think i don't know what to believe in and and a lot of times you do that over a period of time people just stop listening and they just think it's a hopeless endeavor and they no longer try to further their health through nutrition and fitness which is totally understandable um so with that being said like we can all agree right now what majority of the nutrition fitness industry is doing is not working they're probably the richest they've ever been while we are probably the most unhealthy we've ever been, both mentally and physically as a society. So there's a huge disconnect and we're like, okay, why? Well, when you look at the nutrition fitness industry, it is very much a one to thousand approach, right? One person creates thousands and thousands of meal plans and fitness programs, which I'm not going to demonize it. Sometimes those things are really great start But sooner or later for a lot of people, you're going to hit a plateau and that only takes you so long, right? And then people are like, I'm so confused. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm following all these things and I just can't keep following through or keep progressing or I fall off or I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. And it's because when it comes to nutrition fitness, we have to be extremely personalized. Cookie cutter approach no longer, it doesn't, it's never worked in, in the first place, few reasons why. One, everybody's body is completely different, right? Um, If you right now try to do what I do with nutrition and fitness, ate the same way, worked out the same way, we still would not look the same, right? It's our bodies are completely different. So again, you can't do the one a thousand approach and expect it to work for everybody. It might work for a very, very small population, but again, we're trying to help the masses here. And that really does come from a personalized approach. The second reason why is because preferences and lifestyle. <laughs> like we all have different goals, we all have different preferences, we all have different um, responsibilities and priorities in life. Like for example, I don't have kids. I've coached. Hundreds of people with kids. But I'm always like, dude, I wouldn't have you do what I do. I wouldn't have you meal prep the way that I meal prep because it's not going to work for you. I don't have little ones. I have a a little pity that I have to take care of, but that's like nothing compared to what you guys do. So we have to get really personalized for you. And ultimately, if you're going to do this for life, yes, it's got to work for your body, right? Yes, it's got to fit in your lifestyle and your preferences. But you also have to have the confidence that you want to do this for life, that you can. Right. This is a key thing um, for disciplined people. It's it's self-efficacy that you're willing, you're capable and you're going to do something. You have the confidence to do something. And so if you're doing this diet meal plan that this uh, Fitzbo Jenny is doing online and all she's eating is chicken, broccoli and rice and barely eating enough calories and you're like, oh my God, this sucks. I'm dreaming about burgers. I feel like crap. I'm saying no to Timmy's birthday cake and I'm missing out on memories. Of course you're going to fall off the wagon. But then you'll see a lot of people are starting to see like relationship with food issues, body dysmorphia issues, because they're comparing themselves to all these Fitspo people online that their lives are literally geared to look a certain way and work out a certain way. They don't have any other responsibilities but that, while you have 10 billion. And it's just like this cycle where it's like, I should be doing all this templated approaches and I should be doing exactly what Fitzbo Jenny does online or CrossFit Chad does online. But the magic happens when you take a step back and start stop getting distracted about what other people do and really take a look at what you can do. So that way you can find a method Um, that is sustainable, it's enjoyable, you can live your life and it fits into the busy lifestyle that you have
0: right off the bat, you said everybody is different. And my mm-hmm. sister and I talk about that all the time, mm-hmm. how just not everything works for everybody, not uh, not nutrition, not working out, not even holistic remedies, mm-hmm. um, which is why, you know, when we look at like medication and how it's given, um, you know, talking about like the big pharma aspect of it, or like how like how is this really working they're giving so many people the same medication it doesn't matter if I'm 130 pounds or my husband is 240 pounds Mm -hmm. like if we went in with the same problem they would give us the same treatment and so Mm -hmm. that was really like eye-opening when it comes to like kind of that realm and seeing like okay there's a way to adjust it and Mm -hmm. we should be considering ourselves for who we are and how our body operates so I really appreciate you saying that and um Yeah, talking about people that are online, whether it's celebrities or the fitness people. um, I think Mm -hmm. that all the time, um, just get really, uh, you know, in my own head to say, like, don't compare myself because Mm -hmm. I am a mom. I have two kids. I run four businesses. I have a Mm -hmm. podcast. I have all of these things going on. And so, uh, you know, sometimes I'm like, gosh, the goals I want would require me to, like, Really make great sacrifice and Mm -hmm. miss out on all these other things. And that's just not realistic because I know at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, it's not going to make me happy. And um, I just more so want to have a lifestyle that is healthy and something that I can maintain for a long time. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. like something I
1: tell my clients all the time is like, why else do this but to live your best life? Right? Like, you're not meant to feel like you're being trapped in a prison in the kitchen, the gym. That sucks. That's no way to live your life. This should feel like I fundamentally believe this, that the way that you treat your body and mind through nutrition, fitness, mindset, being mindful, like stress management, all these different things, they're not prisons. They're literally the tools that you need to live your best life, to be your best self, because you are the foundation to everything that you want and achieve in life, right? Like all your goals, like running a successful business, being a good parent, Uh, All the memories that you'll create throughout your life, having longevity, vitality, preventing all the chronic disease that you saw your whole family suffer through, like fundamentally you are the foundation to that. Well, what's the foundation to you? How you treat your body and your mind every single day. And so it's like one of the best things that you could ever invest in, in my personal opinion, because it will impact more than just how you look. It will impact how you think, how you feel every single day, the quality of life. And not only that, but it'll impact how you treat other people, your relationships that you have. So it's more than just yourself. It's affecting everybody around you as well. You essentially become the light in other people's lives because you choose to take care of yourself, which is A little counterintuitive, a lot of people, especially parents. And I like, I love talking to parents about this because they're probably one of the most selfless people in the world, especially moms. Like, they're just geared to give. And I'm like, okay, great. I understand that and I appreciate that. But think about this if you are only putting 15% into you, right? You only have 15% into your cup to give to other people. Do you really think that you're being your best self as a parent to your kids? Do you really think that you're setting a good example? Because they're little sponges, right? And a lot of them are like, hey, like I'm here because I learned this from my mom. I saw her stuck on Weight Watchers my whole life. And now I have disordered eating patterns and all that stuff. It's like for you to truly achieve your goal of being your best parent, you have to be selflessly selfish. You have to put yourself first so you have more in your cup so you can lead by example and you can pour into your children's cup. So like the idea that, taking away, like sacrificing yourself for your kids. It no longer makes sense when you bring logic into it. Right. So it's again, I always like to say it's selflessly selfish to focus on yourself because it only impacts other people more.
0: Um, So you mentioned putting, you know, prioritizing your your fitness goals and pouring into yourself so you can pour into other people. So I think now is a good time to dive into um, chronic stress and high cortisol and, mm-hmm. and uh, especially hormones. I find that mm-hmm. anytime we get anywhere close to that topic, I get a ton of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people responding back saying, you know, what is going on? Like, we know, as women, our bodies are constantly changing. So mm-hmm. if you can kind of give us the scoop on that, I think that would be much appreciated.
1: Yeah, definitely. So something that Thriving On does specialize in is stress. Right. Like we got into this game just to help people, to create lifelong change, to become the CEO of their own damn health, essentially. Like we want them leaving us being like peace. Bye. Like, I'm good. I don't need another coach. Right. But as I was coaching throughout the years, I started noticing these common patterns over and over and over again. And it was that majority of people are not seeing results. Uh, whether it is through hormones or poor relationship with food or body dysmorphia or yo-yo dieting or poor metabolism, all these different things. When you go back and really trace out and like zoom out, it all comes from being stressed as hell, right? Whether it is over dieting their whole life, overworking uh, themselves in the gym or really stressed lifestyle from their job or things like that, or um, like hormonal issues or gut issues, all these different things stress is basically just like a and like creating an adaptation right which before we get into it i I want to preface with like stress isn't bad. I do not want to demonize stress. I do not want to demonize cortisol. It's actually really great for your health overall mentally and physically it can help you live a long healthy life things like that people are always like, I don't need to be stressed. it's bad for me it's like no. In actuality, some people need to be more stressed. They need to stress themselves in the gym a little bit more. They need to stress themselves cognitively to learn a little bit more and and go through stressful situations in life to be more resilient to that stress. But when the hoop hits the fan is when you're too stressed all the time, that chronic stress over and over and over again. Right. And then that's when people start developing hormonal issues because your your CNS system is directly connected to your endocrine system and also your gut system, too. So usually when your CNS system is all crazy, you're super stressed, your hormones go out of whack and then your gut issues go out of whack. And there's a lot of current research coming out today that um, chronic stress has a huge relationship with uh, food as well. Right. People typically either just don't eat or eat too much. In my personal opinion, I've seen over the years that there's a a third option where people will just not eat majority of the day, and then they will binge later on, or you'll see people getting a lot of sugar cravings. And all these are typical signs of being chronically stressed. And then you get the hormonal issues that a lot of people are seeing, right? Um, And it's just this mad mess, right? And so the way that we coach our clients because of that mess of stress, is we have like a three phase like guaranteed method which like has an amazing track record which is phenomenal i wouldn't have been able to create this method without my coaches the the amount of knowledge and and skills and bringing a lot of people that are smarter than me in a lot of different areas we've been able to create this uh, guaranteed method and the first phase that we have is fixing all those issues right? Like, do you have poor stress management? Do you have uh, chronic stress going on? Do you have hormonal issues? Do you have gut issues? Do you have relationship with food issues? Do you have mindset issues? Do you even know how to do the things despite being busy and stressed? Because a lot of people, it's a chronic state of being. It's not going anywhere. And so people are like, I'm not going to get started because I'm stressed, because I'm busy, because the holidays, because my kids are back in school or out of school or all these different excuses. And it's like, those things are never going away. So we have to teach our clients how to do that. We have to teach our clients how to fix all the things that keeps derailing them, essentially building a solid foundation. So that way their body and mind is actually working with them instead of against them. It's one of the reasons why people so many times try to go diet and either they see results or fall off, which a lot of people are like, I saw results, but then I gained it back in them. So it's my fault. It's like, no, it's, it's not necessarily your fault. You just haven't created a foundation to hold that for the rest of your life yet, right? Or they are spinning their wheels and being met with an extreme amount of resistance, right? Which totally, if you have some internal health issues going on here, whether it's gut issues, hormonal issues, or dealing with chronic stress, you will feel like you're moving inches when you should be moving miles or You'll even start seeing weight loss resistance where you will not see any change, no matter how much you diet, no matter how much you work out or things like that. We've even run into clients where they're walking into us being like, hey, like I keep dieting and I gain weight. This is not supposed to happen. We're like a hundred percent. Like there's something going on underneath. We need to identify that to get them to be able to start seeing results, right? So that's a big thing that we help with because that's, let's be real. (laughs) majority of people are just stressed out from like everything that's going on in life, plus the responsibilities. And it it seems like it's a never, never ending, like list of to do's and pressure and, and things like that. Then you add social media, the news, kids, it's just, it's just a lot, right? So we're in a position where we need to learn how to be healthy, to live our best life, despite being busy, despite being stressed. And that's one of the reasons, or one of the key ways that we help our clients achieve that.
0: You said something. You said people mm-hmm. that <clears throat> become resistant. So mm-hmm. changing your diet and working mm-hmm. out and still mm-hmm. not losing weight. Can mm-hmm. you dive into that just a, a little bit more?
1: 100%. 100%. So when the body is hyper stressed out, right? Um, stressed out, cortisol is up. They're chronically releasing insulin just to downregulate, which, backtrack, when you're really stressed out, right? You're your body is going to release cortisol. I'm trying to simplify this as much as possible. So I'm going to try to like bring it down and simplify it a little bit more. So your body is going to release the stress hormone cortisol, which again, let's not demonize it. It's really great for you. It's just when it's too much, it's when it's a problem. And then in order to down-regulate cortisol, because the body needs to go up, but needs to go back down to recover. That's healthy, going up and recover, going up and recover. But if you're chronically releasing it, Right, the body's going to start releasing insulin, which a lot of times people are like, ah, insulin, like my blood sugar is going to drop. It's like insulin's actually really great for you, and really essential to build muscle, which is fantastic for women. Period. I could go on on a tangent on that, um, but it helps downregulate cortisol, right? And so if we're constantly releasing cortisol, constantly releasing insulin, and we're putting our body in a survival mode, what's going to happen is multiple things. One. When we go into a, a stress state, let's think it as like, I'm being chased by a bear, which by the way, you guys, guys, like your brain's not gonna differentiate between being chased by a bear or your kid's not listening to you and screaming in the middle of the grocery store or your boss bringing, like breathing down your back, right? Like it's stress is stress to the body, okay? And so let's pretend like stress right here, you're being chased by a bear. You gotta fight, flight or freeze type of mode right there. Okay. When your body goes into that state, it's going to go into survival mode. So now it's going to start releasing things called adrenaline. So adrenaline is that really cool feeling of like, ah, I've got all this energy and I'm thinking clearer and things like that. Like we typically get it before like a big, uh, competition if we're, we're competing or a big presentation at work, or, um, maybe just getting scared really fast. And you're like, ah, right. Like we feel that. Well, now the body's going to start releasing that because it's like, I'm either going to fight or I'm going to fight. I don't know. like, we're going to go. So now you've got like heightened sensibilities, right? And then the body's also going to start slowing down blood flow to key functions within your body, but that's not key to fighting a bear. Nobody's thinking about having sex while fighting a bear unless they've got their own preferences. We're not here to yuck anybody's yum, but majority of people are not thinking about Um, enjoying themselves in the bedroom while they are being chased by a bear. They're also not thinking about eating. So blood flow stops going to your endocrine system, stops going to your gut system. So now things are gonna go wacky from there. And then because it's also releasing an adrenaline and it's trying to get all that like energy and things like that, it's gonna go for quick energy. So the first quick energy is gonna be glycogen, which is uh, made from carbohydrates essentially. Right, and this can be stored in your body if only for so long. There's only so much that you have, right? So it's going to quickly go through that. That's why stressed people are always looking for sweets and sugars, is because it's looking for that glycogen for the energy. And then from there, if it runs out of glycogen, what's next? Okay, a lot of people are like, "Well, maybe fat." No, it's not going to go after fat, because remember, your body is in survival mode. Fat is that essential energy source that sits on your body for a long period of time. So it's like, hey, dude, I'm in survival mode. I'm not going to burn this fat thing because I need that later. And burning fat takes a lot of time and a lot of energy that your body does not have. Remember, it's in survival mode. It's trying to get quick energy and trying to conserve energy as well at the same time. So what is it, it going to go after? Proteins. So it's going to go after your muscle. So now you see these people that are in this chronic state where their body is in survival mode and the body is like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going to get rid of this fat stuff. I love it. We're going to keep on it. We're going to hold on to it too. And then from there, it's like, hey, I'm going to break down this muscle tissue, which by the way, muscle is the longevity organ. Seriously, women, if you're like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if I want to build muscle or I'm going to get bulky. Again, we can go on this tangent. and can go on forever about this topic. I, I think it's such an important topic that women need to stop being scared about building muscle and getting strong in the gym. Trust me, you're not going to get bulky. That's like saying I made a piece of toast. So now I'm a chef. It's like it doesn't work that way. Right. So with that being said, now these people in this chronic state are getting into a skinny fat look. They're holding on to fat. They're losing that longevity muscle. Then also their metabolism is slowing down because muscle mass is a huge part of metabolism. And then now you're having hormonal issues, which has a huge hand in metabolism as well. And then energy and motivation to do things. So now your energy expenditure drops down subconsciously because of all this state of stress, uh, just because the endocrine system is going down. And then also when you're chronically stressed, lack of motivation, lack of wanting to move, lack of wanting to do anything because you're in survival mode again. It's just going down too. So now you're in this position where people are holding on to fat, losing muscle mass. They have zero motivation to do anything. They're easily overwhelmed. So they won't start anything new. Um, They have endocrine system, like hormonal issues, which is a whole nother thing of like mental health, motivation, the ability to build muscle mass, uh, lose fat mass, like your... Also, like your ability to be resilient to stress, it just it just is all intertwined. You can see how it's like all connected. So typically, you put yourself in this storm of I'm doing all this work, I'm being stressed, I'm pushing in the gym, I'm pushing all this stuff, but I also have all these other stresses, whether it's I've been under eating for so long or um, I've got work stress or anything like that. And then over a period of time, people are like, why am I doing all these things? But feeling worse, gaining fat, losing muscle mass, and every single time that a diet, especially if they've been in a chronic state for a long period of time, it becomes significantly harder and harder and harder to the point that in some cases, some people will actually gain weight in a calorie deficit rather than lose weight, right? So it's just like, again, it's it's a storm. Um, I uh, oversimplified it. There's a lot more into it, and I kind of went into circles a little bit. And I apologize, but I was trying to simplify as much as possible to paint the storm that happens when you are chronically stressed. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, no, I think that was a great explanation. I really do. Um, You know, I've I have me, my sister, I have my daughters, I have especially Mm -hmm. my mom. My mom Mm -hmm. has really. Man, I wish every day that she would take better care of herself. Um, mm-hmm. she's so hardworking, she's not afraid to get out there like she's 70 years old and mm-hmm. she will still like cut her own grass. Mm-hmm. Like and so yeah, no, I think you explained it beautifully. I really thank, do.
1: Thank you. Do you do you mind if I use an analogy that sometimes I use with, when I'm working with uh, I'm talking sure. to women who are like, I just need to eat less and move more and just right. barely eat. Um, two things. One. The recommended intake of a toddler is 12 to 1400 calories. You have no clue how many times people come to us with their metabolism so slow that 12 to 1400 calories, they're maintaining weight, right? And two, if you're, let's say 10 year old, right? Or like early teens or even teens were only eating 12 to 1400 calories and they were binging at night, and you could see that their motivation was dropping and their performance in school, their grades were dropping and they were withdrawing from people. And they were a nightmare around other- like you wouldn't be surprised of all the things I'm listening off. Right. People are like, yeah, I'd be extremely worried about my kid. I would never let them do that. That's ridiculous. And I'm like, they are many me versions of you. Literally, your, most women and men are larger than their kids, which means that their calorie intake is going to be higher than their kids for the most part, right? And so if you think it's not okay for your kids, trust me, it is not okay for you. And guess where they probably learned all those habits from that they're doing right there? You, right? That's the hard truth. And so it's like, if it's not okay for your kids to do it, it's not okay for you. These are, this is actually something that I do with all of my clients coming in. I'm like, what are your non-negotiables? And they're like, wait, what? Like, what do you mean? I'm ready. I'll I'll do anything. I'll, I'll, I'll cut out whatever you want. I'll do as many work. I'm like, that's not so great. I actually kind of want to dive into that because like, um, non-negotiables with nutrition, fitness is like personal boundaries with people. Right. You know, those people that have zero personal boundaries and they're in in the corner, like super stressed out and like in a fetal position doesn't turn out well. It's the same thing with nutrition fitness. If we have no non-negotiables, things that we will not tolerate, we know will not fit within our, our, our routine or in our lifestyle and our preferences and our goals, then you have no North Star. So you will fall for anything and everything. And majority of the time, it's going to be things that are quick fixes that do not serve you because you have no clarity as to what will serve you. You have no non-negotiables. And so a lot of times, the reason why I bring this up, a lot of times when I talk to my my parents, they're like, hey, like I'm trying to lead by example. Yes, I'm trying to look better naked, have a better intimate relationship with my significant other, but I'm also like doing this for my kids. Like I don't want them to learn the crap that I I learned when I was little. I don't want them to struggle with body dysmorphia and eating disorder issues like I did. So I'm like, okay, great. So. I think one of the non-negotiables that you need to have during this process is going to be if my kids cannot see this or cannot do this themselves, I can't do it. Right? And then it creates this clear like understanding of like oh, like they're literally mini me's of me. They should be eating pretty much the same foods as me. They should be living life like me, but I should also be able to have a piece of pizza just like them without feeling guilty. I should be able to go on an event and eat a little bit more than I usually do and not completely feel shameful when I come home, just like your kids too. Like you're trying to teach your kids a good relationship with food and and make sure that they don't get too restrictive and have sweets and live their life. Well, it should be no different than you, right? So it's it's a big thing to create clarity on right there, so.
0: Yeah, that's an excellent point. Um, You know, like I said, I have two daughters. And so Mm -hmm. something that we uh, have identified with a lot of our clients and help
1: them identify it, but we know this when you are chronically stressed is, again, we stop sending blood flow to key functions within the body that are not essential to fighting a bear. One of it's eating. So a lot of times when people have very little appetite, especially when they wake up, that is a sign of stress. Right? Um, and so like, there's three things that you want to feel minus your daughter right now, like two adults going in right now, there's three things that you want to feel in the morning to get, that's a pretty decent sign that you are doing well. You're not hyper stressed out is if you wake up in a good mood, you're happy, right? You're hungry right? You actually want to eat. If you actually want to eat when you wake up, that's a good sign because you just fasted for I don't know how many hours. Ideally, I'm hoping most people seven to eight hours, maybe a little bit more for younger kids. But you're fasting for a long period of time. If you're not waking up hungry, that's not a good sign for a lot of people, right? And the last one is for adults, corny. Right. Having a libido, having um, a good sex drive, not just for men, for women as well, is a key essential sign that you are doing well internally. You're not stressed and you do not have hormonal issues. Well, like it potentially could point to that. So the, that's three things. So if that's been happening with your daughter, maybe, and I'm not saying definitively, maybe that's something to look into is, is she really stressed out about something or has she been chronically under eating? That's a, another thing. Your metabolism, no matter what age that you are, will start slowing down. And so if you've been under eating for a long period of time, all of a sudden your body is going to adapt to that because it wants to survive. And so if you're under eating, that's also very stressful in the body because that's malnourishment. And so it will start conserving energy. It'll start like not feeling hungry all the time, because if you felt every single thing happen within your body, you'd be overwhelmed. And so you'll see a lot of people waking up and they have zero appetite. They don't want to eat. They try to eat like it's not a great feeling. And then all of a sudden, people have slow metabolisms, wondering why they're not seeing results. And your metabolism, if you chronically under eat, has a direct effect in terms of your endocrine system, your hormones. Right. So um, I'm bringing this up because I was that person. Um, I was the extreme yo-yo dieter my whole life. Um, I developed an eating disorder at the age of 12. Um, And before then, I was chronically starving myself and binging, starving myself and binging. And it put me in a position where my metabolism was completely wrecked. And then all of a sudden, I started developing hormonal issues um, from a very young age. I never had a regular period. Whenever I did have a period, it was extremely painful. I was always irritable, moody, anxious person. I could barely pay attention in class. I had like very little memory retention, um, didn't do well in school and like was very withdrawn. And all this time, my parents were like kind of concerned, but they're like, maybe that's just her, right? No, I was struggling with hormonal issues from a very long time because I was struggling from an eating disorder my whole life, right? The chronic, like starving binge, uh, purging and then binging, and then just going back and forth. And it led into my later years where it only got worse and worse and worse as I got older. And now I'm in a position where unfortunately, because of the chronic consequences of my actions, my whole life, Which is I'm I'm bringing this up because this uh, like I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of women resonating with this. They're like, oh, I did that, and I'm like, yeah, it's okay. We're not alone, right? But understanding why this is happening to us now, we're in the position of chronic state, and then now we're in our later years, and we're like, oh, it's just because we're old. Like I'm old. I've got hormonal issues. My metabolism sucks because my age. It's like. No, if we retrace back, it's not because of your age, it's because of the consequences of your actions throughout your life, whether you meant to do it or not, it's still there. Right? And we get to a point where our body just can no longer handle it anymore, especially adding in all the chronic yo yo dieting and template things that people try and fall off and then get back on the wagon again, and it just accumulates, accumulates and accumulates. And then you see that weight loss resistance or even weight gain. Right? So that's another thing, a little tangent right there, rabbit hole. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well I wanted to ask so being hungry right when you wake up mm-hmm. and then eating so mm-hmm. like I guess you're are you not a fan of the like uh what is it called the fasting the intermittent fasting where you're waiting for like 11 or 12 to eat
1: I'm not a fan for most people I'm not going to say it's bad I'm going to say that it does not serve a lot of people multiple reasons why women um our hormones are a lot more sensitive than men I would say that if uh a gentleman was coming to me and was like, Hey, I want to try intermittent fasting. I'd be more open to that. Um, Like, obviously, I'd still ask questions, especially if they're hyper stress. I'd probably be like, mm, Probably not. Because when you wake up and you're not eating the whole day, right? But you're starting with movement, you're starting with work, you're starting with all this stress. Well, like, food is your fuel and your medicine, right? And if you're starting with none and you're continuing that fasting while adding a lot of stress in there, which again, like talking about like, Glycogen, carbohydrates helps reduce stress. Like carbs are amazing for most people, especially if you're hyper stressed. Um, like especially women in the morning too. Like if you're starting off fasted, that actually is probably adding fuel to the fire. Now, if I have somebody that is not super stressed, never struggled with it, uh, like yo-yo dieting, doesn't have a metabolism issue, has a ton of muscle mass manage your stress very well, has great mental health and things like that. There are some people out there that are actually like that. It's crazy. I know. Then I'd be like, yeah, like you're not super stressed. Your body probably can handle it. And then from there, the next question is a little less about what's going on physically, but like mentally Two, Do you enjoy that? Most people are like, no, I don't enjoy starving most of the day. Then don't do it. It sucks. And then the next thing is like relationship with food which is something that we actually dive into a lot because when you are chronically stressed and you've tried all these uh, extreme yo-yo dieting, restrictive diets and things like that, now people are in a position where their relationship of food is screwed. And we're like, okay, do you think restricting all day and then essentially adding a binge for the rest of the day is going to be good for your relationship of food? And people are like, oh no. And I'm like, yeah, for you specifically, that might actually be reinforcing the restrict binge cycle, not necessarily making it better. Now there are, I know quite a few people that are extremely busy. They have great internal health, they got great stress management. They work with their doctors, they've had coaches for years and into uh, fasted, going fasted for half the time, intermittent fasting is actually a great tool for them. Okay. But for majority of people, it's not going to. But if I have somebody who's like, hey, like I legit want to try this, I'm like, okay, great, we can try this. But if at any point that your biofeedback, it's like signals that your body is sending out, um, goes down. If you start showing poor relationship with food, if we have blood work, we do work with clients where we do get blood work. We have functional nutritionists on staff where they help with hormonal issues, stress management and things like that. If they start seeing blood work go down, then we're not doing it because we're going to be very objective. You might feel like this is working for you, but your body's saying a whole nother thing, right? So, Again, I don't think that it serves everybody. It's just like keto. Keto doesn't serve a lot of people. It does help a very small population, but majority of the people like carbohydrates, majority of the people, their body does not respond to it. Majority of the people, it's not sustainable for them. Right? And so it's just, again, I don't wanna demonize anything, but we just need to be real on our non-negotiables. Will this serve us? And then just be very objective with our bodies. Is this helping us? But majority of the time, especially if I have women in front of me and they're like, I want to try intermittent fasting. I'm like, intermittent fasting is probably one of the reasons why you're here. (laughs) Because if you go halfway through the day and not eat, and then you eat two small meals, I already know, like, seriously, when somebody comes in, they're like, hey, I've been intermittent fasting and I've lost a lot of weight and all this stuff, but I feel like crap. And I feel like I have hormonal issues. I'm like, okay, how much, how much have you been eating with that time frame? And they're like, I have no idea. It's like, that's just as important. And they're like, but I've been eating really, really healthy. And it's like, usually if I have somebody that's like, Hey, I've been intermittent fasting and I've been eating really, really healthy, but I have no idea how much I'm eating during that time. The f- I already know that I'm looking into the relationship of food, their metabolism and their internal health, because like the restrict binge cycle for some people, it might ac- exacerbate it. Not everybody. The second thing is, is if you're not eating a ton all day, and then you eat small little meals or you binge, but it's still probably not enough. But And you're also eating, quote unquote, clean food or high quality foods or whatever you want to call it. But they're technically, typically lower calorie than, let's say, like what most people eat in, uh, in America. Then from there, you're just chronically under eating which again, under eating is just as detrimental to your health as overeating. Some of the most unhealthy people I've ever worked with mentally and physically are those ones where they're like, Hey, like I do time restricted eating or intermittent fasting. Plus I eat super, super clean and I never go out to eat and I never eat any sugar or sweets. And also, um, like, I feel really like, oh, really crappy. And it's like, yeah, okay, let's take a look at your blood work. Take a look at anything. That's when you see PCOS, insulin resistance, chronic stress, things like that coming up and people like, but I've been eating super clean. And I thought I was doing all the right things. And I was doing hits and cardio and all that stuff. And it's like, you're just, you're just like, honestly, putting your body through a stress test Every single day, essentially, and people are like, "Well, it worked really well for the first couple of months." I'm like, "Yeah," because your body's pretty resilient; it'll take just about anything. But sooner or later, it's going to hit that wall. You hit that wall right now, and now your body's like, "Nah, I'm not down for this anymore. We need to get out of here. <laughs> like, I'm done." So,
0: yeah, everything kind of seems to have a, a toll or a consequence, which goes back to mm-hmm. the funny reels about don't eat this, don't do that, it's fasting. So yeah, have the have bacon and beef and butter and mm-hmm. then you know drink raw milk don't drink dairy dah, dah, mm-hmm. dah, dah, dah. and so um yeah definitely personalized nutrition is the way to go for people yeah. that seriously want to get their life on track and it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be something that's over complicated so i like the non-negotiables you're talking about using uh using carbs for people that are high mm-hmm. stress so mm-hmm. do you want to dive in a little bit as to like what are good carbs what you know, yeah. like what people should be eating for carbs?
1: Yeah, yeah. So first thing is there's no such thing as good carbs or bad carbs. There are some c- carbs that are more hyperpalatable than others. Um, so hyperpalatable is essentially just like foods that are engineered to, um, with marketing and and scientists and labs and everything like that to get you to eat more, right? So they even do research in terms of the color of the packaging and the crinkle of the wrapper and, and then the taste of the food and things like that. So think of it this way, a hyperpalatable food like potato chips versus um, pretty high quality food, like just potatoes, no salt, no butter, but baked, okay? There's essentially anywhere from three to four potatoes in a potato bag, right? But the potato bag also has salt and a lot of fat in it, right? And then it's got the crinkly and the colors and a lot of stuff. We love those things, okay? So essentially, uh, the three to four potatoes has way less calories than what you have in the potato bag. Now, if you tried to sit down and eat those three to four potatoes, you would stop halfway and want to throw up. But if you try to eat the potato bag, how many of us are just like, I'm just gonna have one or two bites? And then all of a sudden the bag is completely gone. And you're like, oh, why can I still eat all of this, even though there's more calories in the pot- That's hyperpalatable foods. They're literally engineered to get you to want to eat more because then people will make more money off of you, right? And so uh, I don't want to demonize it. Having a cookie every once in a while, let's go. You got to feed your soul, you gotta live your life. Like having a piece of cake or a candy bar every once in a while, that's great. That's moderation, that's the quote unquote balance that everybody's looking for. But with that being said, there are there are like foods that we should lean towards more than others, and carbohydrates falls underneath that. So, le- leaning more towards single ingredient carbohydrates is really really great. If we want to lean towards complex carbohydrates a little bit more, so complex com- carbohydrates are going to be like things like oats, uh, potatoes, um, quinoa things like that that are really complex and, and hard to break down and stay within our system for a long period of time, that's fantastic. But we can have things like rice. Rice is really wonderful for us. Bread is great. I had toast for breakfast this morning. Sometimes I have an English muffin. It, it is what it is. Um, sometimes I have juice. Sometimes I put honey on my Greek yogurt. Oh, crazy. Sometimes I, like yesterday I had a chocolate bar like a little square chocolate at my work. They sell these little chocolate things. They get me every single time, but it's not good or bad that I have it. It's just that some have more room on my plate than others. Right? So if you want to think it this way, the 80-20 rule, which most people have heard this so many times, but it's a hundred percent true. Look at your day or even your week. Okay. And look at the 80-20, 80% of the time we want to stick to single ingredients for the most part, carbohydrates like apples, bananas, berries, potatoes, rice, uh, oats, bread, like high quality bread is really great, right? Things like that, that are just like, you're, you're looking at it and you're like, I'm the picture of health. Let's go. Right. But then 20% of the time, have a little fun, have that, that piece of chocolate, have, um, a small cookie at the bakery, enjoy a bite of like, I don't even know, like whatever sweet that you love, right. That moderation is what is key. Okay. The problem happens when people are like, "Hey, like, I just I want to stay towards complex carbs or healthy carbs because I don't want to go through a blood sugar crash." Understandable. They suck. You start uh, like shaking and brain fog. We get hangry. It's not fun. I just had one yesterday. I was like, "Dang it!" Okay. But blood sugar crashes. Uh, the old thinking, the very outdated old thinking, is the glycemic index, right? Where like there's complex ones and then uh, like uh, highly uh, digestible ones like quick acting carbohydrates. And so they're like, Okay, so I just need to stick to the glycemic index. But here's the thing. The reason why it's not necessarily applicable today is because very rarely does somebody say, Hey, I feel like eating just a bowl of rice, like I'm just gonna sit down and just munch on a bowl of rice. No, you usually have some type of protein or or fat with it, or ideally proteins, fats and and, and some vegetables with it. So it's, it's a complete meal. We have different macronutrients and different quali- like fiber and things like that. So when you look at the blood sugar, f- when you eat just the rice, your blood sugar for a lot of people will go up and then crash because you're just eating the rice, rice, right? But if the same rice that you had, if you pair it with a good protein and or fat and, and, a, and a vegetable, like some fiber, it has like blood sugar is nice and even, right? So the answer is not I need to stay away from uh, like things like rice, the answer is if I'm going to eat rice, let's pair it with like a protein, right? Let's also maybe add some vegetables and fats are amazing for me. Let's add like maybe a little bit of olive oil, avocado to it. Right? So when people are like, Hey, what carbs should I be eating for blood sugar and, and just being healthy? I'm like, okay, general rules, 80, 20 rule with all your food, right? Single ingredient foods, majority of the time, 20% have a little fun. And instead of thinking, I need to stay away from these carbohydrates, what I would rather you do is say, hey, instead of restriction, I need to stay away from these, let's think about addition, right? Every single time that I eat, I need to add to my plate a protein, a healthy fat, get some vegetables and or fruits, and then a healthy carb. Do that about three to four days, simple as that, or do about three or four times a day, sorry, and it's as simple as that. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, try that, just try it. And they're like, oh so much energy and I feel so full and I feel so great and I'm not so bloated or inflamed. I'm like, told you. <laughs> right. So that's that's something definitely. Um and then one final thing that I'm gonna point out is like let's not demonize fast acting carbs. Fast-acting carbs can be essential, especially for people that are looking to build muscle and perform better in the gym. So we work with a lot of people, whether they are athletes or people that just thoroughly love pushing themselves in the gym. They love saying, hey, like I'm going to do this crazy thing in the gym and push their body to do so. Because again, we need to put our bodies in situations and minds in situations that stress us out to be more resilient to stress in life. So when you start seeing people that are pushing themselves in the gym for right now, like right now, I'm currently training for a 10K. I've never done that before. I'm pushing myself mentally and physically, because I know that I will be more resilient to stress in the long run if I continuously do that in life. Um, so I'm using fast acting carbs to help fuel my workouts and recover faster. Right? So fast acting carbs, I use honey. I use um, dextrin as well. This is a supplement that a lot of a- athletes can use that they're really quick acting carbs that you can put into your drink um, before and or after or during it during because your body like your muscle and your brain's preferred fuel source is carbohydrates. If you want your muscles to feel great, build muscle really fast and also recover very hard so you're not super achy and prevent injury potentially. And you also want your brain to be functioning well. Carbohydrates is essential for a majority of the people. There's some exceptions, like for example, our clients that have PCOS or insulin resistance, we're gonna have to be a little bit more lower carb until we get on the other side because their body is not at a, Healthy state, or what we call um, homeostasis, which is just a fancy way of saying your body's feeling balanced, right? It's feeling loved, and it's like your body and your mind is working with you rather than against you, right? That's that's what we generally say what homeostasis is, right? So again, like carbs is not bad. Just knowledge is power, right? When we don't have the proper knowledge, we start fearing things that we have no business fearing. We actually a lot of times fear what we need the most right? So a lot of women are like, I don't understand carbs. And I've been told by Fitzbo Jenny that carbs are bad and I should avoid them when actually they're hyper stressed and their body needs those carbs and they're trying to build muscle. So they need them carbs. And then they also want to live their life and enjoy it and not feel like trapped in prison. Well, a lot of times those foods incorporate carbs. And they're like, once they start adding in carbs, the way that works for them, all of a sudden they're like, oh, so much easier. And dare I say enjoyable. I'm like, yes, knowledge is power. You need knowledge.
0: Right. And that's the goal is to get people to understand their own body, not just mm-hmm. all of the fitness realm and everything. If you're mm-hmm. not trying to join the team, which brings me to my next question, which yeah. was really my last question yeah. that I couldn't remember was, <laughs> um, was about the team about starting, mm-hmm. uh, when somebody chooses to, uh, you know, start a program, can mm-hmm. you tell us just a little bit about what the process is yeah. and how that works for people?
1: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, uh, the first thing is, is that, uh, they do go through an onboarding Call with me. And the reason being is like we said before, we're very personalized. We're not here to service the thousands. We're here to service a small group of people. And the way that we coach, I highly doubt that you're finding a coaching staff, a staff in general, um, as diligent and as uh dedicated to their clients as they do. So we take it nice and slow, we make sure it's a good fit, we go through some questions and just to see if we can even help them in the first place. And then if it's a go, then from there, we have three different pathways we typically service our clients with. The first one is one-on-one coaching. Um, So we take our clients through the three phases, um, the guaranteed method. So the first one is the earn it phase. This is where we earn the right to diet, we build a solid foundation, we basically address everything that's holding you back and causing you to yoga diet, feel miserable and feel like you're trapped in a prison in a gym, basically turning it from like feeling like my body and mind are working against me to actually wanting to work with me. And then you actually have the skills, knowledge and tools, because the coach taught you how to do it to actually start dieting, right. And then when we go into the phase number two, right, this is the Um, own it phase. Okay. And the reason why we call it own it is because one, we have to own the work. Like we're, we're here because we want to get stuff done. Nothing worth doing does not come with work, right? Like we, we need to put work in, but we also call it the own it phase because we own who you are. Right. We have to be hundred percent authentic. We can't fall into the meal plan diets, the cookie cutter approach, or fall back to our previous, um, perception of what dieting is, completely cutting things out, doing a bunch of cardio, doing more workouts than we need to. Like you seriously don't get brownie points for doing more than you need to. We need to be 100% authentic to you. What are your non-negotiables? Stick with those. Make sure that you're still enjoying dinners. You're still enjoying pieces of cake or brownies or cookies, whatever fuels your fire, right? And we're still incorporating that. We're still healthy relationship. We're still going out to dinners. We're still going on date night, living our life while doing it. Otherwise, if we don't, we're reinforcing the poor behavior patterns that got you there in the first place. And so now because your body and your mind is actually working with you, you actually have the skills, knowledge, and tools. You broke past all the diet culture bullcrap that you've learned previously and actually educated yourself on what's going to work for you specifically. And then we owned who you are during that dieting phase. All of a sudden, you see results ten times faster. It's way easier. And again, you get to live your life. You're enjoying it. You have the confidence that you can do this for life, right? And then in the last phase, this is where the coach teaches you how to be it, right? That's the last phase, be it. And so we're just teaching them how to just be that healthy person without really thinking about it, right? Like brushing your teeth because we want to do this for life. We do. We don't want to ever have to fall off the wagon again. That sucks. Okay. So we also have to brush our teeth for life, right? Right. So how do we brush our teeth for life? How do we do that? Well, one, we had a parent or parents in our corner to teach us how to do it coach teaching you how to do it. And then your coach is going to, or your parent stays in your corner until you actually learn how to do it without thinking about it. The skill acquisition, right? Not using much brain power, but you just do it because do you brush your teeth when you're upset?
0: Yeah, I actually do.
1: Yeah. Or when you're busy or you're happy or you're sad, you still brush your teeth, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I bet you meant like specifically if I'm upset, do I brush my teeth? Yeah. It requires, I usually, I have this thing, where I take uh, a quick bathroom break and I'll do, the cold water on my hands, Mm -hmm. a little cold water on the face. And then brushing my teeth is usually like a reset for any stressful situation. So I love that.
1: (laughs) The target dollar section is mine. My stress reset. Yes. I'll just like go around and buy stuff that I don't even need. I'm like, I do not care. I feel so much better right now. So, but yeah, but like essentially when we brush our teeth, we still do it despite how we feel that day, because we know that we don't want stinky breath and we want to stay at the dentist's office. Okay. Well, we still need to be drinking water. We still need to take care of ourselves. We still need to sleep. We still need to properly Really nourish our body. We still need to eat protein. We still need to work out all these different things, right? We still need to do it because we want to stay out of the doctor's office and so we want to live a long, healthy life and we don't want to go back to what we were doing before, right? That's yo-yo dieting. So in the last phase, we're going to teach you how to just be it. And the, one of the ways that we're going to do that is by teaching you how to intuitively eat, Okay, Because intuitive eating is an essential skill because not everybody wants to track their whole life. I only met one crazy lady that actually wants to track the rest of her life. I love her to death. I keep checking on her and being like, hey, do you want to learn how to intuitive eat? And she's like, no. I'm like, okay, great. But that is an exception to the rule. Most people don't want to track. I hate tracking. I track as little as possible. I use intuitive eating along with our clients. Well, here's the thing is the intuition that got you here in the first place for starting is what created this outcome. We are a perfect outcome Today of our life, our decisions, our priorities, what we think we know, what we don't know, what we say yes to what we say, you know, to what we do when we're stressed, busy holidays, all these different things. And so if you get results, through tracking, and then all of a sudden, you want to keep it without tracking, now you're gonna to have to rely on your intuition. But if nobody's ever retrained your intuition, what are you going to do, you're gonna go back to what you're doing before right? So essentially yo-yo dieting is one of the reasons why people keep falling off is because nobody retrains their intuition, teaches them that high level skill that most people are not very good at. So now you have this whole structure of coaching, walking you through this three phase, making sure that you can do this for life. And you have multiple tools in your toolbox. You can track or you can do intuitive eating and there's other things in the middle, right? So with whatever coaching that we do, all of our coaches walk through those three phases. And so the three pathways is one-on-one coaching. Right, with a coach has extreme amount of knowledge of internal health, metabolism, relationship with food, behavior change, mindset, all these different things. They walk them through those three phases, right? Then we have one-on-one coaching plus, And so in one-on-one coaching plus, this is for people who either do have internal health issues. They know about it. Well, blood work doesn't lie. We need blood work to be able to know what's going on. Plus, if you do have the means, I highly suggest everybody get blood work every three to six months because you can actually prevent a lot of things like chronic disease, cancer, and all that stuff from just getting regular blood work done. And then from there, we take that blood work. It tells us exactly what's going on underneath. And then we're able to personally tailor that with that information. Right. So that's really just a hands on working with functional nutritionists, taking another step where we are working with people that know that they have physiological barriers that are causing them to not see results. Or just people are like, I don't want to do this whole trial and error thing. Like, I just want to know day number one for my blood work, what's going on. So that way I can hit the ground running or people that are like truly like want peace of mind that they're going to have a long, healthy life and that they're going to perform mentally and physically their best. So like entrepreneurs, athletes or just people that honestly just want to thoroughly thrive. And then the last thing that we do is with our uh, it's like a one-off service it's not necessarily committing to one-on-one coaching it's like a do-it-yourself process like a blueprint process where you get blood work done we order it for them Uh, they sit on a call with one of our functional nutritionists after getting the blood work back they break down everything that's going on because most of the time when you go to a doctor um like the blood work that they typically typically get is like about 20 to 40 markers when in actuality you need about 60 to 80 plus markers to get in a comprehensive look so that's why so many people especially coming into our door where they're like i went to the doctor they told me that i'm normal i'm fine but i don't feel normal or fine something's wrong but i don't feel like anybody's listening to me you have no clue how many times that's happened and it also happened to me as well it's because they're missing things and then the next thing is, is because A lot of times you get this information and they're just like, oh, these are out of range. And you're like, "Okay, what do I do about it? And they're like, medication. Right. And they're like, ah, like, can I just try to fix it through nutrition, fitness and lifestyle? But they don't. It's not within their scope of knowledge, which, mind you, I'm not trying to demonize the conventional medicine like healthcare workers love us. We have a lot of doctors, lawyers, therapists, nutritionists, dietitians working with us because they understand that despite people being really great, it's a systemic issue. And all we're here to do is just fill those holes. That's it. And so with that being said, with the blood work, you have 60 to 80 markers, you have somebody that's educated enough to be able to translate that to you, break it down to tell you exactly what you need to be doing with nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, potential supplementation for the next three months. And if you need to communicate with your doctor on certain things, they'll write down a letter for you. So that way you can advocate for yourself because again, they only see so much on their side. Most of the time you're only spending about five minutes in their door. So they don't really see everything while you jump on a call with somebody for like about an hour, they're going to see a lot more than your doctor. So they're going to provide a different perspective of what's going on and a lot of times we've been able to help people get the health uh, the care that they need just from our ability to dive in and then translate that and, and collaborate with other practitioners so
0: yeah that sounds like a wonderful process to be honest with you it yeah. sounds like people are very cared for um, just as much as you know it's funny to see um some some people that, you know, claim to be into fitness or, you know, look really great online telling you what you should do. That's so generic the same way as yeah. that medication was prescribed to me. And yeah. so we just really need to be careful and taking this the health seriously. And like mm-hmm. I said, using a process like yours where you're getting like a full scope of mm-hmm. what can you do to have a truly better life and not something that's just right now, not something that's a fad, you know, we're talking about lifetime corrections. And so that sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, I saw you had a giveaway going on, is that still going on?
1: So no, we wrapped that up. Um, We did, so this is something that we do all the time. So if people wanna come into our Surviving to Thriving Facebook group and like follow me on Instagram, you can, but we have a standard within Thriving On that we always give back. Big reason why is because when I first started my business, I started with an air mattress on the floor and what I could afford at the Dollar Tree. It literally had nothing to my name except for a lot of debt, right? And I didn't get where I am today where we're running a successful business with over 10 people on staff internationally and clients all over the world without people literally just giving me things for free because they believe they wanted to give me a chance, right? And so this is something that we do within Thriving On is like we pay it forward. We always do these giveaways to give one person a chance to get coaching that they deserve. And so that was our last one where we just, uh, we picked our, we actually picked two, two giveaway winners where they're coming on and they're absolutely crushing it with our coaches. And we do this um, about two to three times a year. And we're also now um, getting into a challenge coming up. We do free challenges too, because again, we just give, like we just give, give, give in that Facebook group. So much free information. So we do free challenges. We actually changed it to a donation based challenge. We're partnering up with a nonprofit Um, which we're not gonna spill the beans. We're still in in the process of partnering up and talking about it and going through that. It should be happening sometime hopefully in October, fingers crossed, but we're, there's just another way that we give back. So if anybody wants to go in and just do a donation based challenge, which is all geared towards youth um, and making them healthy um, or providing the opportunity to make them healthy and and also educate the parents on how to do it as well. um, It's such a great thing that we do, so.
0: Yeah, that sounds awesome. And uh, definitely a fan of giving back. But people, Mm -hmm. you're hearing Casey speak, and she's telling you all about her program, don't be afraid to invest. I'm sure they have uh, lots of options for you to choose from to figure Mm -hmm. out what's best for you, not only health-wise, but financially, Mm -hmm. if I got that right. Um, Casey, I really enjoyed talking to you today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you Um, for having me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, So Casey, if you had the opportunity to give a one minute message and it was broadcast all over the world, mm-hmm. it can be about anything. What would you say?
1: I would say, I would go back to what I said previously um, that, like, I know to you guys, nutrition fitness feels like a prison. And coming from my own experience and seeing hundreds of people that we've coached successfully, nutrition fitness is, in fact, the tool that you need to live your best life. Right. But a tool like a tool is a tool. It's how you use it. That matters, right? You can use a hammer to build up a beautiful house or you can tear it down. You don't blame the tool. You don't blame the hammer for that you blame whoever wielded that hammer or whoever taught that person how to use that hammer, not the actual hammer. So if you're in a position where you're like nutrition, fitness, I keep falling off, I feel like I can't live my life. This sucks. I hate it. Consider how you are personally using it. And or how who taught you? consider the source. And if you are in that position, I challenge you to go find somebody that's going to teach you how to use that tool in a way that's going to teach you how to live your best life, right? You are not stuck. You are not the only one that's feeling the way that you're feeling. Trust me. Like I battled an eating disorder majority of my life. I was over 200 pounds. I was in an abusive relationship, borderline alcoholic. And the thing that got me out of that hole where I was in a deep, dark path, right? To the point where my dad's like, either you're going to jail or you would make change. I don't know what else to do. Like that far down. The thing that got me out of there was nutrition fitness. But I was lucky enough to find people that started the path of helping me figure out how to do it that serves me and help me get past my self-limiting beliefs to think better, dream more, have higher standards, to get the courage to get out of that abusive relationship and quit drinking and and actually believe to my core that I deserve to feel great. I deserve to live my best life and that I was actually capable of doing it. And it all started because I learned how to treat my body and mind better. And I surrounded myself with the right type of people and I got the right sources through that. So again, like I just challenge you, take a step back, create awareness. Where have I been learning all this from? If you feel like it's been kind of the diet culture bull crap that we've been talking about, Maybe it's time to find a new person to teach you how to use the tool correctly. And then once you do, I promise you, like I've seen this so many times, you start from a snowball, one thing to another, then all of a sudden you're a boulder and then all of a sudden you're an avalanche, like a force to be reckoned with. And you're like, if I can do this in this area of my life, I wonder what else I could do, right? Like I would not be here today sitting on a podcast with you and all this lovely audience and running a team of 10 people, which I still don't know why they listen to me sometimes. Like I don't feel like I'm cut for this stuff. And and having close to 200 people with high level services and amazing track record, I would not be here today. If you asked Casey like 15 years ago, if this was gonna be me, she'd be laughing you in your face, not believing it at all. And it all started because I learned how to tra- properly treat my body and my mind right. So that's my message that turned out to be a lot longer than I intended, but it's like a, a big message. I truly, truly believe in and I talk about often.
0: Yeah. Well, good thing is I don't set a timer and there's no band that interrupts in the middle of your speech. So, no, that was beautifully said. Thank you Thank so you. much for sharing everything you did today. You can let our audience know where to find you.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I'm pretty active on Instagram. So it's thriving on KC, just the letters KC, um, like Kansas City. And then we also have a Facebook group we're pretty active of. We're just north of 3000 members in there and growing quickly. Um, We do a bunch of live trainings. Uh, You get to know the coaches, ask questions. We provide free fitness programming, just the whole nine yards. It's just a safe space for people to get away from diet culture bullshit, get in a community of people, of like-minded people, so that way they feel safe and encouraged and give them the skills, knowledge, and tools to actually go from surviving to thriving. So if you guys are listening to this and you want to learn a little bit more, see what we do and, and get that free resources, feel free to join. That's That's the next best place.